forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary stories, stories to Tell, tell on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky, real, true stories that happen to you that you tell us about. And it's a comedy podcast about those things. So Anna and I aren't here to scare your pants off. We're here to scare your pants on. We're here to help you scare your pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> I scare my pants on one leg at a time, just like any other ghost. Yeah. Uh, the ghost, you know, got to put their little ghost tail down one leg and <laughs> the other leg just flapping. Anna, that's true. I didn't even think about it. Well, that's why there's two of us. <laughs> Thank you. Andrew. Goodness. Where would we be without each other? Oh, dead and stupid. Uh, <laughs> 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 Andrew, how's your spooky Wednesday going? Oh, it's coming along. Um, you know, it's the we're we're in the moving process, which is a big old puzzle to try to figure out how to how to have a couch as we're getting rid of our old couch and getting a new couch. Yeah. I just don't, the the concept of spending a single day without a couch is to me hell. It's it it might happen. It might happen and I'm just gearing myself up for it. Sometimes the thing about couches is that they actually take a year and a half to just start making them. <laughs> that's just that's for true. the thinking about it phase they, it takes so much longer yeah yeah it's and this one i here's the thing we currently have a really great napping couch that is the ugliest thing i've ever seen but to nap on it heaven andrew i'm gonna tell you something yes. okay we're friends mm-hmm. we podcast together you deserve a giant nice New couch. I'm very excited. For okay. It. Yeah. Chris picked one out and I, I'm really in support of it. It's Oh, it's, great. It's a new one. Um, yeah. And I think like we're going, our, our aesthetic used to be described by our mutual friend, Rachel Winitsky as gay treehouse fantasy. Yes. And I think we are, <laughs> we, we still, we still love it. It's, we still appreciate that, that, uh, part of our lives, but I think we're moving on to something a little cleaner and brighter. Yeah, the thing about cabanas is they're not very well lit. <laughs> That's true. It very much, um, yeah, the the light in our current apartment in Nightmare Castle, very cozy, but same light at any time of day, which is jarring. That's hard. Yeah, yeah you deserve a window or two. Thank you very much. Big couch, couple of windows. And Anna, how about you? How's your Wednesday? It's good, you know. Um, uh Ladybird is being a little warbly girl, which is it's nice to be needed. Um, she's having such parties with dogs lately. She's really partying with them. I've which seen is so the vids. Nice. This is cr- it's really electric to see her in- interacting with animals smaller than she is. Yes, well, this happens rarely because of her size. She is quite right. small. Most dogs are either her size or bigger, at least in energy level. And we just happen <laughs> to be at the dog park. As there, the time there was sort of a, a mini conference of other little little rat dogs and yeah. they partied, which they, and if you've never seen a chihuahua party before, it consists of like 13 seconds of smelling and then ignoring each other. 
Right. But like complete alertness of every limb. Yeah. Yeah. Really alert. Um, but that's a party there. The vibe is partying. Um, and it's nice to see her party because normally she's either snippy or scared or avoidant. Um, so it's been nice. <laughs> oh, um, that is nice. Well, it's speaking nice of find her speaking of parties, today's a Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we have a theme party where we do an uh, forcing it. Uh, it we do, it's an urban legend. day. It's fine. Whatever. We're all adults here. Um, <laughs> and on this day, we read scary stories from anywhere that is not our seminal text, the scary stories to tell in the dark books gathered by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. Um, and uh, one of the places that we go to for these other scary stories is listeners just like you. And I'm going to read an email from a listener uh, right now. I'm thrilled to hear it, Anne. I can't wait. Buckle up. It's happening. <laughs> um, the subject line of this story is theater ghost revenge. <gasps> it comes to us from a listener named Haley. Wow. The Hi. zing that just went up my spine, Anna. It's happening. Andrew and I are both theater ghosts in that yep. we both worked in the theater and are now ghosts. Um <laughs> And the whole theater itself right now is a little bit of a ghost, which is very sad. I miss yes. it. I miss being like, oh, I should have seen that. Did it close? Oh, I'm so stupid. Um, <laughs> I miss being like, it's an hour and 24 minutes long. Can we get it down to an hour and 20? Or could we at least get an, uh, you know, uh, get it up to two and then take a break in the middle? Exactly. Some people call it an intermission. <laughs> Not me. I call it a pee break because I'm an adult. Yes. Um, okay, great. So, uh, here we go. Theater Ghost Revenge. Hi, Anna and Andrew. Love the pod. Oh. As a horror-loving theater person myself, horror-loving theater person. Horror-loving theater person. Your vibes are wonderful. I've worked at a handful of theaters, and everywhere I go, I pester everyone I work with for their ghost stories. Relate. Mm -hmm. And since, I, that was me saying I relate. Not, <laughs> she didn't say relate. And since theaters are so ghosty and spooky, there's always stories. But I wanted to share with you a time that a ghost got revenge on me. Oh, sorry. The time that a ghost. Yes. That's what I yeah, said, right? You got it. Oh, yeah. Help. <laughs> Help. Grab. Help. Grab. grab. Actually, grab. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school at a pretty small but very, very old college. The theater department was founded in like 1902 through the effort of a very hardworking woman named Miss Althea Hunt. Oh my God, that this name. Is, this is an Andrew Farmer woman. I have that wig. I have the Althea Hunt wig. You really do. Yeah. And if you wear it front, back, or sideways, it, it's three different women. <laughs> Althea in the front, party in the back. Yep. Hunt in the back. <laughs> no. Um, building the theater and the department was her life's work. And the rumor is she never left, <gasps> even after death. Amazing. It's always Miss Hunt or Miss Althea Hunt and never Mrs. or Ms. because she never married. Parentheses. Good. As a lesbian myself, iconic. <laughs> <laughs> iconic to be unmarried. <laughs> and is a stickler for her proper title. But the worst way to summon her wrath is just to call her by her first name. The impropriety. <gasps> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think there's an Althea on American Idol this season. You don't hear the name Althea much, and I'm glad that it's hear... making a comeback. Yes, but you better not in this theater. No, please. So when I was a sophomore, I was ASMing for a production of Avenue Q. Now, you know, most people don't know what ASMing means, but actually as a former assistant stage <laughs> manager myself, uh, 
ASMing is not for the faint of heart. It is uh, support work, but it is, you know, you're taking a leadership role. You're writing down blocking. You're tracking props. You're sort of emailing actors, telling them to please not bring home their costume items after shows because those are property of the production until the production wraps. (laughs) We need to know where that shirt is because if you do not bring it, we are on the hook. Anna, I I feel like I just have to brag on you for a second because Anna, in addition to being an incredibly funny, creative person can also hang a light. She can put, she can, she knows her way around a, a two by four. I have zero technical skills Anna and I worked crew on several shows together and like Anna, I do feel that you would survive the apocalypse because you have this inherent skill to jump in with confidence and build something that I just wouldn't know the first thing about. You're so sweet. That was me at 18 discovering alcohol for the first time and being like, this works. Um, But I, I think I have like a very bossy attitude and a desire to be in charge of something that, people aren't looking after Mm. um i don't think it means that i'm good at building things because i'm sort of not handy at all but (laughs) i loved being a stage manager i loved it um and i actually do think that i miss my calling (laughs) i think that i pushed hard for the the career that most people leave to go into stage management and i actually should have quit while i was ahead because i don't (laughs) like writing very much um that's fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not organized. I couldn't be a stage manager for that long. It takes if, a very specific brain to be a good stage manager. And for yeah. people who don't know what stage managers are, they're the people who sort of hold a clipboard and scowl and like date the same guy for four years, but are, you know, um, very open about sex stuff. And um, they we desperately need stage managers in the TV and film arenas like the, the you just feel that absence so much of someone who's like, OK, let's keep things on time. I miss that terribly. I know. I guess the closest you get is a first AD, but a first AD is sort of a different, it's rangier. Like a stage manager is very earthy. Yes, exactly. Um, Anyway, sorry to interrupt to the story with my old woman's (laughs) tales of the sea, but um, (laughs) I used to, I used to sail. Uh, Now I sit in a bar near port. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I'm so sorry. No, please. So when I was a sophomore, I was ASMing for a production of Avenue Q. The stage management team was taping out the rehearsal space at like midnight. Oh, remember taping out the space? This is when you'd use, because before your sets are built, yeah. you would use different colored tape to um, measure it out and tape it on the floor so the actors would know where to walk. Literally so taping it. it out. Yeah. Wow. God, the amount of like weird penis shaped... <laughs> runways i've taped out Yeah, why does every piece of furniture look like a penis when you make it out of tape on the ground i don't know i also think that that was part of the theme of the shows oh, most yeah. shows were like actually it's about penis right yeah and yeah uh trojan women is primarily a phallic tale absolutely yeah and you know what guys if you keep taking your shirts home we're gonna have a big problem <laughs> um okay um, taping out the rehearsal space at like midnight because that was the only time I, it was free between classes and rehearsals and stuff. Yes, this is true. You, you're you doing a lot of late hours oh, before yeah. rehearsal, after rehearsal, talking after, planning the next day. It's a whole thing. We're cracking jokes and talking and we get on the topic of ghosts. The stage manager and I love horror and we were eager to tell the freshman ASMs about the dozen ghosts scattered throughout the building. Was our theater built on a hellmouth? Maybe. 
As we're telling them the rules about referring to Miss Hunt, I decide to crack a joke. With all the confidence of someone in a college improv group, never heard of it, (laughs) I decided to quote a line from the show and say, crazy old bitches are the backbone of the department. Literally, the second after I said that, three of the six work lights we had on went pop, 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 (gasps) and the bulbs burst in little showers of sparks. My stage manager reeled on me and said, we're packing up and you're apologizing right now. (gasps) And I sat there on my knees for two minutes apologizing to a ghost. Wow. To Miss Hunt. To Miss Hunt. We left the building after that. And I guess my apology worked because I didn't have anything happen to me after that. Although three other people decided to test Miss Hunt while I was working a production and something anyways did happen. Old building needs maintenance or ghost. Hard to say. But in the whole time I was at school, the other three bulbs in that rehearsal room never burnt out. As a lover of horror, I collected dozens of stories about the eight documented different ghosts in the building that I'd be happy to share if you'd like more theater horror. Please. Stay spooky, Haley. P.S. Andrew, as a fellow werewolf gay trademark, I feel like you would appreciate the print my wife got me for Christmas. And then there's a link. Oh, wait. Yes. I, Do you see this? I. This is a perfect oh. print. It's a formal werewolf in sort of tasteful. steampunk clothing. Yeah, tasteful werewolf. I love this. Wow. It's an honor it's an honor to be a, f- a fellow werewolf gay. <laughs> yeah, what is it about werewolf gays? What do you think unites? I I mean, here's the thing. I think that there are many different access points for what I think um for a lot of people the idea of like um I can be somebody else or I can like be something else other than like what I'm expected sure. to be is maybe appealing. Um, I think unfortunately for me, I just, I saw the Wolfman at a weird time and I think I had a crush on Lon Chaney Jr. Um, (laughs) but also I pretty much exclusively in my life have dated hairy guys. And I think that, I mean, who's to say, um, frankly, it's a wonder and this is no judgment on, this is no judgment on anyone. It is a virtual wonder that I didn't end up a furry. It like everything, (laughs) everything was gearing towards that and it didn't happen. God didn't um, want it, but he guided you there. And I do think that is proof that like you are born this way. Like it just is because <laughs> because everything environmentally was like, let's let's get this kid into, you know, a situation where he's like put tucking tails into his pants. <laughs> a five, then- six, seven, eight. <laughs> gay, gay, tail, gay. <laughs> and it didn't happen. So um, you know, more power to people who it does happen for. Um, but yeah, I, that is a thing that is fascinating to me. Um, but I love theater ghost stories. So please do send us. Yes. There are eight in one space. Well, I thought that maybe we could make this a series, (gasps) um, theater ghosts, because that is a thing. If you don't know, it said that every theater has a ghost. Um, and anyone who's done any theater could tell you like, Oh yeah. And they're just like these big spaces that tend to have hundreds of people in them. And a lot of people on stage and a lot of sound and lights and, you know, music and acting and drama. And then when they're empty, there is this like residual human residue. There's sort of a residual residue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does feel it, it's very eerie to be in a big space by yourself. And when you're, you know, the stage manager, you work somewhere, um, work in a theater of some sort, it, it you're there kind of by yourself after closing or before opening and it's just very, there's no windows, so it's just a dark space, you and 
maybe one or two other people and you're locking up. It's very spooky. It is. And it, I guess it's like our one of our last remnants of like ancient rituals, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's the same reason why a lot of people find like empty houses of worship to be kind of creepy and eerie. Um, I think theater is like one of the oldest art forms we have. And this strange place where like every day people go and sit and agree to like watch a make-believe thing happen in front of them. Um, something about that summons up, Yeah, I think like a sort of ghostly ethereal energy. You're channeling. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that I would read, um, and I try to make it specific so we can come back to it. Um, these are some Los Angeles <gasps> haunted theater stories because oh, Los Angeles is a city known for its theater. Yes. Yeah. So we've got, this is an article from Britannica.com. Good. Um, it's written by Lori Jacobson, who's a Hollywood researcher and author. She wrote this great article called eight Hollywood haunts that are seriously haunted. <gasps> we love um, and so the first one I'll read is the comedy store, which is oh, a stand-up right. club. If you haven't heard of it, get with it. <laughs> um, so, and it's been open, uh, since 1940 under when it was called Ciro's, um, do, 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 do. So a lot of people dan- dined, danced and romanced in clubs along the strip. And Ciro's is one of these places. Um, but late at night, the ghosts of Ciro's rule the roost. One night, on his way out the back door, comedian slash security guard Blake Clark heard banging on the piano in the belly room, a small venue on the second floor. Some of the waitresses had already reported odd occurrences in there. Pranks, really. This, And then it goes on to describe things that are not a prank. They are just the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> One of the young women would open the room light candles, arrange tables and leave and candles like the little tea lights that are on candle at a, on tables at comedy clubs. Oh sure, yeah. Five minutes later, she'd return to find the candles out, the lights off and the doors locked. When she returned with the key, she'd find the door open and the room set up again. Clark rushed upstairs when he heard the piano thinking someone was locked in. As soon as he unlocked the door, the noise stopped. He flipped on the light. No one was in the room. He checked all corners, then locked up. As he turned to leave, he heard it again, someone deliberately banging the keys of the piano. Clark heard the piano on numerous other occasions. There was never anyone to be seen in the room, just a playful spirit with a tin ear having a laugh. Another night, Blake made the final rounds in the large showroom, which had been Ciro's main room. He moved to lock up, but stopped in his tracks. A chair on one end of the stage began to slide across to the other side. No, 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 no. He stood frozen watching the chair gliding effortlessly three feet, ten feet, twenty. In a flash, he found his feet and got out of there. This is too much. Still another night, he went to the rear of the empty stage to turn off a light. Seconds later, he turned around to find 40 chairs silently piled up center stage ten feet away. Okay, that sounds like a lie, but it's okay. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah. It, you know, who's to say, but it also it's fine. I always think of LA as not being a very ghosty place. So when things like this pop up, I am riveted. I really, am. I know. Yeah. You don't think of theater ghosts as being an LA thing, but I just, I was tickled by that. Um, wow. this one is the Avalon. Oh yeah. This venue known by a variety of names throughout the years opened as the Hollywood playhouse in 1927. One of the four legitimate theaters in Hollywood. In 1942, a new owner changed the name and, as 
as the El Capitan, the house set a record for a longest running variety review in the history of legitimate theater, Ken Murray's Blackouts. Huh. During the 1950s and 60s, it was often the backdrop for TV specials and variety shows. Today, as Avalon, it has been remodeled as a lavish nightclub used for television specials, premiere parties, and film locations, as well as a showplace for top music artists. Those star stuff. Is this like Avalon, like the management company? I don't know. I mean, I, there's also like Frankie Avalon. I also feel like Avalon is like the mists of Avalon is something. The word Avalon is everywhere these days. Yeah, everybody's always talking about yeah, it's Avalon a live this, music. Bitcoin that. <sighs> oh, yeah, no, it's just a, it's the nightclub. I bet it's affiliated with the whatever. I don't feel like I don't feel like figuring it out. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's Avalon, you know? Yeah. Um. Those star-studded nights provided special memories for theatergoers. Some have returned for an encore. <gasps> an invisible jazz pianist plays after hours in the intimate club room upstairs. Perfumed women in high heel. What? Oh, no, I was just saying, these, these piano ghosts are popping off. What is it about piano ghosts? They love to make big noise. A piano is easy to play when you're a ghost because you don't need lungs? I guess it's like, here's what's scary about it to me, is that Piano takes effort. Like, I don't know, unless there's like a cat running across it or something. Like, it doesn't feel like a passive thing where like wind could blow through like a flute or whatever and make a noise. Like, this is, this takes energy and that scares me. Also, like, I don't think a mouse could make a piano. I think like the weight of a, even like a Hollywood rat, let's say. <laughs> I don't think that a rat could play the piano. No. Um, and I don't think a rat would want to be on a piano. I think they like the floor. I think they like the floor and there's no food classically in the piano. So unless, yeah, unless your, your jazz pianist has been eating handfuls of cheese whiz before playing, which I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put, have you met a musician? <laughs> um, <laughs> Andrew has, I have, you can't keep Chris from just slopping down cheese whiz. Like there's no tomorrow. That's yeah. Not- the Musicians love uh, touching their instrument after eating. It's their favorite. <laughs> no, and They're they very chill. Other people do it. Super yeah, chill. yeah. Very, very chill about it. No rules about the instrument at all. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, perfumed women in high heels. I love this sentence. Perfumed women in high heels are heard and smelled, but not seen. <laughs> The way it should be. Yeah, that that's really um, a manners class from 1940s. You must be smelled and heard, but never seen. Stink and clack, but hide. <laughs> it's good. A dashing man in a tux has roamed the theater for decades. A couple decked out of their best 1930s duds sip drinks at a private box. Mm. Harry, a former electrician from the blackouts, is a prankster. High above on the catwalks, he enjoys tying cable in knots or taking tools. Ghosts are always joking. They love it. They love playing tricks. Oh, this is sad. Over the years, dozens of women have reported a girl sobbing in a locked stall in the main lobby women's lounge. Mm. Ugh, more bathroom ghosts. And oh, patrons continually complain about talking in the balcony during the show. Dot, dot, dot. Even when it's closed. Oh, that's a good twist. Scared. There's a cold spot up there. Oh, I, oh, Andrew, how do you feel about ghost cold spots? Because they scare the hell out of me. They're so scary. And also it's like, why are you choosing that? Why are you choosing a temperature? My thing is this. 
Yeah, I don't know. I that it, it feels so it's it's very scary to me. Also, I guess the thing is, like that's when we're, where people are quick to be like, well, it's a phenomenon of this happening. It's completely scientific and explainable. But if you experience it, it's scary, and that's all I care about. Yes, thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, there's a cold spot up there, and daytime employees reported a woman's blood curdling scream from there. No, no, no. No, no, no. The other cold spot is near the backstage stairs. That's a scary place. There's <sighs> never any light because that you don't want light to get onto the stage. Yes. From backstage. And it's always creaky and old. Oh, scary place for a ghost. This is so, uh, this is really churning up a lot for me, Anna. I really appreciate oh, yeah? you going down this road. Yeah. I do want to hear about your ghost stories, but I'll finish this one. Please. Um, some of the spirit of behavior may be part of the same story. Legend has it a chorus girl broke up with her technician boyfriend at the backstage stairs, then went on stage. Moments later, the jilted lover climbed to the catwalks and threw himself onto the stage, dying in front of the gal who'd done him wrong. That's that, tale as old as time. That would elicit some blood curdling screams. All right. Listen, don't. This doesn't add up to me because, first of all, the techie boys are always cheating on the girls in the cast. Right. Come on now. And when it comes to overblown displays of emotion, uh, that's going to be on the cast, girl. That's <laughs> not going to be the techie boyfriend. I Yeah. I, like the most I can see happening after something like that would be the techie boyfriend just is more quiet for the next three days. Yeah. Like, what? He like happen. quits and then gets athletic and joins the uh, football team? Like, no. Yeah, he's going to get a revenge body and she's going to be like, I, I, like, you know what? I just feel like maybe we were never meant to be, you know? Yeah. He's going to cut off his weird hair and have normal hair. And then all the cool girls are going to take notice. And that, then he's, that's going to be what it is. That happens. So, like, how many times has there been a, like a, um, a techie person with an, a, an astoundingly wild mop of hair? And you just never give them a second glance. And then they get that hot haircut and you're like, oh, my God. And you're like, well, this is it for me, I suppose. <laughs> well, here's my exit. This is me. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, it's it's a thing that can happen to all of our sons. That's true. Make sure your sons are getting consistent haircuts so they don't have a sort of um, uh, what's the movie with. Freddie, I was about to say Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, Freddie Prince, yeah. Um, Freddie she's Jr. all that. She's all that. You don't want to like, just don't don't prep your child for a she's all that moment. You know. I think it's good. I think it's good to have your kid catch up way too fast with their their deal. <laughs> you know, yeah. Now that you're saying it, I guess there's something. That everyone should have an opportunity to have a dramatic makeover and be like, oh, yeah. Um. Like I made Jason put on my purple jumpsuit and took a picture and put it online. And now he's having a full fashion oh, uh, discovery yeah. moment. Not to take full credit, but it is 100% my doing. Yeah. I mean, when I, whenever I do see a heterosexual man in a in a jumpsuit or something fashion forward, I'm like, this was this was conceived by the girlfriend. <laughs> it's all it takes is yeah. <laughs> a little bit of bullying. And then they're all of a sudden... A vision. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm currently wearing his Wayne Industries t-shirt, so we're sort of trading. Wow. And then you're having a fashion moment yourself. I am. I'm becoming a YouTuber. This Watch out. What, yeah, this is what Gen Z, it's all middle parts, <laughs> t-shirts, and I don't know, big shoes. Is that something? I would love if t-shirts came back because I wear them a lot. <laughs> a graphic tee. Oh my God. Let me. Um, okay, cool. So that was the Avalon. Or that was Avalon. Good. Next we have. I've never known how to felt comfortable with this pronunciation. Pantages? The Pantages, yeah. Pantages? Oh, scary. You're right because that sounds like what you would say and be made fun of. Yeah, like it's the Pantage or something. The Pantages Theater, Hollywood's last glorious movie palace, opened June 4th, 1930, near the fabled corner of Hollywood and Vine. An Art Deco masterpiece, it's still considered one of the most beautiful theaters in the world. In 1949, millionaire aviator Howard Hughes turned studio owner when he took the reins of RKO Studios, including its flagship theater. Hughes loved the Pantages and set up plush offices on the second floor. Today, Hughes is seen time and time again in the executive offices, and his footsteps are heard throughout the building. I didn't know this. No way. Did you know he a ghost? No, I had no idea he a ghost. I knew he Leonardo DiCaprio. I did not know that he ghost. Yeah. Um, good lord. Assistants in the outer office know he's approaching when the room fills with the smell of cigarette smoke, which oh, Hughes God. despised. That's weird. What? Um, then Wait, the it young fills with the smell that he didn't like. What is going on? He's approaching when the room fills with the smell of cigarette smoke, which he despised. Then the young Hughes, tall, lanky, dressed in a plain suit, strides around a corner and walks through a wall that was the original doorway to his office. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Sorry. Ma'am. Ma'am. Howard. Howard. God, that's scary. I love. He comes around. He walks through a wall. This is, it's so funny. Like some, this is what I love about ghost stories is sometimes it's like I had a weird feeling or like I had this wonky dream. And then sometimes it's like the ghost walked through a wall. Yeah. And it, it takes all types. It really does. Yeah. The devil called me gay on Maine. Like, it's like, what happened? <laughs> yes. I love the idea of like, well, that's how you know it was a ghost because it was doing what the building used to look like. Like, yeah. I love that. That is good. That is. And oh, the Pantages is beautiful. And I can absolutely see it being ghosty. Um, a female presence also calls the theater home. Back in 1932, a female patron died in the mezzanine during a show. <gasps> After some time passed when the auditorium was dark and quiet, the voice of a woman could be heard singing. Oh. Sometimes in the day, other times late at night after everyone had gone home. Employees of the Pantages developed a theory about the voice. The unfortunate young woman who died in the theater may have been an aspiring singer who'd come to see one of the musicals so popular in the early 30s. She now lives out her dream of performing at the Pantages. Oh, that hurts. And she's lost her stage fright. Her voice has been picked up on microphone on stage and carried over the monitor during a live performance. <gasps> oh. Engineers actually picked up the voice of someone who is not visible on the stage. Scary. Oh, that's really, I kind of like that. That took a turn that I appreciate. And then this last one is a little bit of breaking with tradition of theater. Okay. This is Grauman's Chinese Theater. Am I saying that right? I yeah, also never I, no, feel I think good. you're right. Grauman's? Grauman's? Grauman's. For the last of four theaters, Sid Grauman planned something so unique and magnificent. Magnificent? <laughs> oh, boy. It's okay. 
inside and out that it would outshine all other theaters in Los Angeles. He and architect Raymond Kennedy chose a Chinese temple as inspiration and created a soaring 90-foot pagoda adorned with 30-foot dragon and ceremonial mask topped with an ornate copper roof. It's, it is uh, astounding. It's so shocking. And it's weird to see something that's like real Hollywood grandiosity in a neighborhood that has so much like weird plastic stuff. Yeah. It's like seeing a a glorious old grandfather clock in like a frozen yogurt store. Like it's the weirdest thing to see. (laughs) That is exactly what it feels like. Yeah. God, good point. Um, but, uh, it's forecourt makes this, uh, the most famous movie theater in the world. That's where Grauman displayed his most ingenious idea. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it's explaining where the theater is. Mm-hmm. So it's got the people's hand and footprints of the stars there. Yes, yes. Um, Grauman also built salons for private parties after a premiere or the Oscars where he and his famous friends could celebrate comfortably. He hid buzzers near lamps in the lobby to signal people inside to open the secret panel. Sadly, these rooms have long been sealed and all buzzers disconnected. Oh, But for some, that doesn't matter. For weeks, an employee heard buzzers in his upstairs office. Oh, God. He thought it was an errant office intercom. Eventually, he realized it was the buzzers for the secret salons coming from inside one of the sealed rooms. (gasps) And the theater has a resident ghost, Fritz. Fritz, it seemed, worked for the theater, though no one's sure when. Apparently despondent, he hanged himself inside behind the movie screen. Since then, his presence has been felt throughout the theater. Everybody knows him and no one is frightened. The end. (laughs) Anna, I am so scared of ghosts using buzzers, ghosts calling on the telephone, ghosts ringing bells. I don't like A ghost buzzer from inside of a sealed room is the scariest thing I can think of. I can't. The sun is slowly going down as we're recording and I feel like the ghosts are behind me right now and I'm very scared. Yes, you're totally right. That image is so scary because it harkens to that buried alive trope of the bell and the string and the coffin. Oh, that's right. Yes. So scary. Anna, I am am so glad you brought this one up. I love theater ghosts. Um, I feel like we're going to get a lot more submissions and there's so many theaters with ghosts to explore. Yeah, so those were LA theater ghosts, and I think we could either go city by city or like yeah. type of theater or like there's there's a lot. I just wanted to give us our, ourselves room to grow. Oh, that's great! And if you're if you're a listener and you're from like another region or another country or whatever where you've been in a haunted theater, let us know. Yeah, Andrew, have you ever been in a, a haunted theater? It seems like um, you have I to have. see. I feel like I've been very close to becoming a theater ghost because I've almost died several times in theater. God, that's right. I, I the one thing the one story I'll tell before we go is, um, Anna, the first crew that I believe you and I were on our freshman year, uh-huh. um, we had to do like double duty. One was a show like a comedy sketch show called Theater Machine, and the uh-huh. other one was a a, a beautifully done. Uh, show about that that person who killed those Amish girls. Remember that? Yes, yes, yes. And um, Anna and I would have to bleach bloody sheets every night. Um, it was a good place to be in when you yourself are a depressed um, teen. To, <laughs> yeah. Your and, job but, is getting rid of blood. But rocks. I was trying to um, create a new me. And I was like, I feel completely confident hanging lights and stepping. Like, it was an old theater with like crumbling chairs there weren't enough ladders. So I was standing on a chair with each of my legs on um, a chair arm. 
And uh, in my attempt to be like, I'm really going to go butch and do this. uh, One of the chair arms broke. I fell backwards into the arms of Rob Heller, who was, uh, I believe the, the like set designer. And he caught me like I was a damsel in distress. And I landed truly Anna, like legs crossed arms around his neck in, in the daintiest (laughs) way imaginable. Dreamy. Truly wild. Um, so Rob Heller, if you're out there, thanks for saving my life that time. Dreamboat, Rob Heller. Thank and, you. Uh, masculinity, if you were ever part of my personality, let me know. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> oh my God, Andrew. I hope you went, oh. Oh. I think oh. I was like, thanks so much, man. Like I think that hey, was Hey brother. Life. I really appreciate you not letting me fall on my dick. <laughs> Is that how we Appreciate. talk to each other? We talk about our privates in a, in, a, in a brash way? We each take turns talking about our dicks. That's sort of, you know, what <laughs> men do. They'll fight me. Never mind. Please don't. Uh, okay. What oh, was boy. that over there? Was there something over there? What was that over there? What was that over there? <laughs> My God. Rebecca Equal. Romaine Stamos. That's how I get out of a situation. Just say that. <laughs> yep. Um, oh Anna, thank you for bringing this in. I'm, this is going to be a great series. I've got a good feeling Andrew, about Andrew, I'm excited to do more. Um, thanks to everyone who loves ghosts. Yeah. And to know? my fellow werewolf gay. Um, yes. Thank you so much to Haley for sending that in. And this is a Haley with an H A Y L E Y. Just so you guys can sort right. of get that through your, your thick skulls. The most elegant of Haley, uh, pr- uh spellings, I think. Uh, certainly. Yeah. We're not getting they, into that E-I-G-H business, you know? Well, we could, but, you know, Haley from Paramore. She's, <laughs> oh, she's an H-A-Y-L-E-Y as far as I true. know. That's true. Anna, I think it is time for our favorite segment. Scary, Scary ideas, ideas for, for things, things that, that could, could happen. happen. Yes. And how are we feeling? You want to go first? You want to go second? I, I would like to go first. Excellent. You are loading a dishwasher plate after dirty plate and you see the spaghetti stains and the soup stains and the bean stains and the blood stains and the bone stains the brain stains and then you wake up and then you see that it was real that could that could happen and actually i'm submitting that as a movie for yeah. this year's Oscars. It is called Bone Stains. It's called Bone Stains. You know when <laughs> Bone is stains. Kira Knightley is already clamoring. She is. To produce, not to be. Well, she'll oh. be in it if it helps the, mil- the movie, but she's Yeah, gonna she's going to voice a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you are getting photos developed because why not? You're trying something new and living in the past is fun sometimes. Uh, you go to a local Walgreens. You go up to an attendant and say, I have some film I'd like to develop. And the attendant says, okay. They take your film. They put it in their mouth. They go, bop, 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 bop. They cry out your photos out of their eyeballs. They stack them all together. They cut them in half. Oh. They then paste them together. 
they give them to you and you realize Anna that this whole time you've been in a Julie Taymor film and you're stuck in it for the rest of your life oh oh god that could that happen. could happen I wish it wouldn't puppets I'll tell you that much I wish it wouldn't that scares <laughs> me to hell sorry for that chilling story everybody Sorry for being scary. It's just that we're scary. Oh, um, Andrew, wonderful, wonderfully done. Likewise. Uh, and for you gentle listeners, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Twitter already, you sure can at, at scary story underscore pod. Yeah. Or you could rate and review us on iTunes. Um, give us a five star and a very good rating if you mm-hmm. want. You don't have to. And if you're into uh, reading transcripts of episodes, you can head on over to foreverdogpodcast.com, click on our little show clicky, and then the transcripts are available there for free. <laughs> yes, the show clicky. The show clicky, everybody. Get into the click. Get into the click. Um, oh, and one more thing. I get, get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.